Welcome to the Cleveland Browns Draft Preview Show, presented by Bud Light. Go to BudLight.com slash Perfect Draft for your chance to win $15 million if you can predict the perfect first round. Tonight, we'll preview the college players who might be on the Browns Draft Board this week. This is the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Tim Carmen and Nathan Zagura. And in just a few days, it goes down in Las Vegas, and we will have pick-to-pick-to-I'm-talking-pick coverage of the entire 2022 NFL Draft all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Good evening, everybody. Ken Carmen alongside of Nathan Zagura, and it all starts tonight. We preview the 2022 Draft. Dane Brugler will join us. General Manager Andrew Barry will join us. Nathan, it's that time of year again, my friend. We'll blink, and then away we'll go with the 2022 campaign. You're right, and first of all, it's just great to be back in with you in here, having a good time, if getting ready make, for the draft. You, go ahead, if you yeah, may want. It's, it's been two years since I've actually been in this room. Yeah. And so, I tell you, there's nothing like a global pandemic to make you feel what you're thankful for, my goodness gracious. So, the room looks sensational. Looks <laughs> very it's, much the same. It's Good there's orange. Some, there's some very nice decorations in here that were not here the last time I was here. So it's it's familiar. The chairs are still comfortable. I still fit in the chairs, yeah. which I'm very happy about that. New mics for you. Microphones are fantastic, and I'm looking forward to everything throughout this weekend. Because, we, again, we got the first round coming up on Thursday night. We'll start your broadcast coming up at 8 p.m., even though the Browns do not own a draft pick in the for first now. round. For now. They were originally slotted with the 13th overall pick, but the Browns made the trade for Deshaun Watson. They no longer own the 13th pick, but when you're talking about a franchise quarterback, that's a move you make. So, Nathan, we have seven picks in this draft coming up. Second round at number 44 overall. Yep. Then two in the third, one in the fourth. The one in the third is a compensatory pick, by the way. One in the fourth, one in the sixth, two in the seventh round as well. So, still an opportunity for Andrew Barry to do some damage here this weekend. Yeah, there's no doubt. And you go into this draft having your roster, I think, in a very good position. You could trot a team out right now to play week one with what you have here in this building. And there's still work to be done and money to be spent, I think, in free agency as well as with this draft class. But really, the only glaring hole you have right now is the number two defensive end opposite of Miles Garrett. We brought some guys in, Stephen Weatherly, Isaac Rochelle, to join Chase Winovich and Miles Garrett and Curtis Weaver right now. But I still think every day that goes by that Jadevian Clowney hasn't signed somewhere else, I think it becomes more and more likely he returns to the Cleveland Browns. So, yeah, you have an opportunity here. I think you look Miles at... Miles would certainly like it, according to his Twitter. Yeah, he said unfinished business, little like recruitment it. there yeah. from Miles Garrett. Don't blame but him. you look at, at this team and you look at what Andrew Barry's done in the past... I think he's done a pretty good job in the second round. You have Grant Delpit and you have Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa to show in your two drafts. Guys, both guys that were first-round talents, both guys that I think people were surprised were available when they were. And so you hope, can he work his magic one more time, get a first-round player here in the second round? And look, if you're sad, watch Deshaun Watson highlights while the first round's going on, and I think you'll be happy pretty quickly because you'd be every well, team is looking for a franchise quarterback that doesn't have one, and the Browns, now have one. There's still going to be a lot to pay attention to because you got of a couple course. of your rivals that are still there in the first round that might be looking for a couple, of, a little bit of help there, including one team that might be looking at a quarterback coming up at pick number 20. So there will be plenty to pay attention to there no in doubt. the first round. But for the Browns, again, they make the trade for Deshaun Watson. And now I think the focus becomes, Nathan, about how to help him out, about what to put around him, the offensive line, 
Hopefully, Jack Conklin comes back. We know he got some work in last week, so that's very encouraging. So we hope that Jack Conklin comes back 100%. We're hoping Jedrick Wills, year three, can bounce back from that injury-plagued year two that he had last year. He got hurt from week one against Kansas City. City. And it was tough for the rest of the season for him. So we're hoping that he can come back to his form as a rookie over at the left tackle spot. Offensive line, there's going to be a competition that we're going to see in training camp about Nick Harris. We'll talk about those positions coming up here in a bit. But I think immediately the fan base, Nathan, starts to think, okay, we got to go after a wide receiver. we got to go after a wide receiver at 44. Amari Cooper's great. Hopefully Donovan Peoples-Jones can continue to develop, but we need a wide receiver at 44. We have to help out Deshaun in this offense. And I think that it's you want to help Deshaun Watson out in this offense, and I don't think that the Browns are done with their wide receiver room. I don't think you need to do it at 44. You could do it at pick number 78 or 99 in the third round. But when you have a guy like Deshaun Watson, and I would remind people to look up in the year 2020, he led the NFL in passing through for over 4,800 yards, completed over 70% of his passes. He led the league in yards per attempt and yards per completion. And he had Brandon Cooks. He had Will Fuller for part of the season. And then a lot of people that you probably have not heard of in the NFL, and yet he was able to be that efficient and that good because he's that good. And so we had John McClain on, uh, the great, the venerable John McClain, who's now general. retiring, the general, yes. yes, from the Houston Chronicle. What's a general, always a general. Always. You maintain that title. And he said the one thing about John Watts is he will make everybody better. So you don't need to invest a tremendous resources in wide receiver because he's going to make them better. But I think what you do want to have is you want to have some speed out there. I think the Browns still want to get a slot guy, and they want to get some speed. And I certainly would love Jarvis Landry to come back, one of my favorite Browns uh, ever. But I think this draft and then the subsequent free agency after the draft is going to kind of add, I think, two two players into that room so that you kind of round it out, feel very good about where you are. I know internally they're hoping Anthony Schwartz can take some development as a vertical so too, threat, yeah. a third-round pick a year ago. You're counting on that. So, But I don't think they're done there. I think – you know, it's pretty easy to look at what the needs are, right? It's wide receiver. You mentioned that. And then it is along the defensive line. The interior of your defensive line, both starters from a year ago, as we sit here today, are gone. We don't know the status of Malik McDowell. We hope that he can come back. The team's saying not ruling that out as a possibility. Uh, but Malik Jackson's gone. So you've got Togiai now, who didn't play much last year. And you've got Jordan Elliott and you brought in Taven Bryan. But then it's defensive end. It's the starter opposite Miles. I think Chase Winovich, you like what you saw his first two years in the league, five and a half sacks each season there as kind of that third guy in the Tack McKinley role. Uh, but you want to get Clowney back, and I think that you want to draft the defensive end. So if you're asking me as I sit here today, pick 44, I would say it's 98% edge rusher or wide receiver, okay, 1% defensive tackle, and then 1% other. Because there's also, and hey, I know the cap's going to go up here, but you have a very advantageous salary that you're going to pay to Deshaun Watson and a very advantageous extension that you have here in the first couple of years with Denzel Ward. A lot of people paying attention to that, but there's going to be small salaries there. You've got $28 million left to play with there. And we know that eventually you're going to have to pay the fiddler on all this coming up here in a couple of years. So the window, for a moment, we didn't know where we were at at the quarterback position. Now that window's wide open. Problem is, is the rest of the AFC. There's quarterbacks all over this conference. This is about it. Nathan, I, I'll speak for myself. I know you've been in it a little longer than I have. This has been the most wide open conference I think I've ever seen in my entire life, and certainly as long as I've been broadcasting here. We're at just about every single team out of the 16 in this conference think that they got a shot at the playoffs. And I would say 11 to 13 think they got a shot at the Super Bowl here. This is as nuts as I've seen it. And so I think that that from the fan base is going to kick up the pressure going, hey, we really got to strike while it's hot because eventually we're going to have to start pulling pieces away and Deshaun's really going to have to take over in that case. 
Yeah, and I think that you have an opportunity look, to rework deals in a few years and True. to kind of continue to kick things down the down the line there. But, yeah, you're right. And, and, in fact, I think this may be the most talented quarterback conference maybe ever. And I know that there is some hyperbole in that. But if you think about in the AFC, you've got Patrick Mahomes, you've got Josh Allen, you've got Justin Herbert, you've got Russell Wilson now, you've got Deshaun Watson now, you've got Lamar Jackson who was recently an MVP here in this league. I mean, as oh, and I forget, how could I forget? You've got Joe Burrow. I mean, that is <laughs> as good as seven quarterbacks yeah. in a conference. And remember, there's 16 teams in the conference. That's seven of them right there. By the way, Derek Carr, no slouch himself. And now that he's got Devontae Adams and Darren Waller, though there's rumors that Waller may be on the move to Green Bay. Apparently that was originally what they were looking for mm-hmm. from the Raiders when they traded Devontae Adams. You know, Now you're at eight, and then... Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be can't miss wasted year bad staff obviously we know that but now with Doug Peterson is Trevor Lawrence going to be a star the likes of which we expected they're to see they're in a tough position we'll talk to Dane Brugler about that coming up at around seven thirty by the way because as a caller once called in and said about Miles Garrett Daffy Duck could have drafted Trevor Lawrence now this is a tough draft they can't afford to make a mistake go ahead back to the Browns and and the quarterback situation yeah, it's just CFC though it's just a loaded conference and I think that it's about putting together teams and you're looking even in the AFC West where every team can get after the quarterback teams are investing on the back end and then offensively they've got quarterbacks and they've got receivers and and it's going to be you're going to have to score you've got to be a team that knows I need to I can put up 30 at any point I mean let's not forget Josh Allen last year in the playoffs threw for nine touchdowns with nine incompletions in two games and didn't make it to the AFC championship that's tough I that mean, that's, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it seems unfair, but that's the situation. So you want to make sure you get yourself into this dance. And right now with Deshaun Watson, you've got a very talented back end of our defense. You've got Miles Garrett. I like I like our linebacking situation right now. And on offense, the best lines ever played in front of or behind. You've got the running back, best running back group in the league. I think David Njoku is primed for a monster season, but you need a little bit more in that receiver room. What that's going to do, though, it, it scares you because with the, with the deal that the Browns have made here is I think they've opened up any conversation anywhere about any quarterback at any position. You know, we heard a little bit about Kyler Murray. Steve Kimes spoke last week, said, hey, ain't going anywhere, don't worry about it. And Kyler Murray sent a tweet over the weekend, says he wants to win Super Bowls with the Cardinals here. But this is the difference here, though, is that you're looking at 11 who quarterbacks who a lot of teams would take right now, especially in the NFC, that would take 11 quarterbacks right there off the rip from what you're listing there in the AFC. And so you only have seven that can make it. You have quarterbacks, you have teams that are so good, it's going to force teams to make rash decisions this coming offseason. So I know that we just got over this offseason here, and it's like, man, we could just barely get our heads together. Next year is going to be even crazier out there. So it's good that the Browns have some solidified depth, some solidified help that they can work with. Of course, we're talking about some things that you might need on the defensive end spot, edge rushers in, that wide receiver position. So pick 44, you said it right there, but I'm looking forward to see what you can do in rounds three through round seven because I think that this is where the real building is going to have to come from is that I don't think it's a star-studded draft at the top. We're not talking about the usual suspects at the quarterback position at the top so people don't tend to pay attention. It's like you said, a good wide receiver draft. But I think you're really going to have to roll up your sleeves if you're Andrew Barry and his group and, and, and go and find diamonds of the rough. I think that a lot of teams are going to have to do that this weekend. Yeah, and, and we'll talk with Andrew Barry in, in momentarily. Yes. I talked to him, and that's one of the things I asked him about. And you mentioned Nick Harris earlier. 
Don't forget, back two years ago, Just he moves pick. back in the second round, moves back a few picks, still gets Delpit, and then picks up Nick Harris. And when you are a team that's got your pillars locked up, Batonio's locked up, Teller's locked up, Deshaun Watson's locked up, Amari Cooper now is locked up, Chubb is locked up, and then defensively you're talking about, you know, Miles Garrett is under the big contract, Denzel's under the big contract, John Johnson is here. You have got to find some of those guys that can be relatively cheap to the salary cap but deliver quality performances for you. And I think that this is a draft for the Browns. You talk about picks, you know, 99-118. You want to find something. If you can get something out of the sixth round like you've gotten out of Donovan Peoples-Jones and Demetrik Felton the last couple of years, that's a huge bonus to this team, this organization. Find an undrafted guy who can contribute for you like A.J. Green did. That will help this organization. So, yeah, this is a very important draft to flesh out the roster. You're pretty much established everywhere on your starting lineup, except we talked about that second defensive end position. But fleshing that out and putting it together and how Andrew Barry goes about that, I think is going to be fascinating to watch. Tonight's show presented by Bud Light. Go to BudLight.com slash perfect draft for your chance to win $15 million if you can correctly predict the entire First round of this year's NFL draft. Coming up in a bit, Dane Brugler from The Athletic. He'll join us live on the phone to preview the 2022 NFL draft. And I can I don't know if you can hear this. It's the beast. It is his draft guide. We're going to go page for page. We're going to be here till 5 in the morning. No, we will have we'll Dane here till next week <laughs> at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. But up next. The general manager of your Cleveland Browns, Andrew Berry, one-on-one with Nathan Zagura as we get set for Thursday night in the 2022 NFL Draft live from Las Vegas. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Draft Preview Show presented by Bud Light on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Draft Preview Show, presented by Bud Light. Go to BudLight.com slash Perfect Draft for your chance to win $15 million if you can predict the perfect first round. This is the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here again, Tim Carmen and Nathan Zagura. Welcome back to the Draft Preview Show presented by Bud Light on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Nathan Segura joined by the general manager of your Browns, Andrew Barry. And, A.B., here we are. Draft week. Finally. So much work has gone in. You opened your comments thanking the area scouts and everything that in your group all the time people have put in to get to this moment. Is there kind of a sense of relief that it's here? I would say probably less a sense of relief and more a sense of both calm and excitement simultaneously. It's actually a little bit, this week's actually a little bit slower. It's a little bit hurry up and wait as everybody comes back into the building. Um, And really we're finalizing the undrafted free agent process. But everyone's excited for the weekend and looking forward to who the newest Browns are going to be. Uh, we're certainly excited about that. And for the Browns, this draft doesn't start, at least as of today, until the second round pick number 44. Now, I was going back and remembering you haven't picked where you're supposed to pick at any point in the second round in your two drafts. This will be your third. The first time you move back, still get Grant Delpit. And then Nick Harris is a bonus there, who's now going to be the center for the Cleveland Browns. And then last year, you move up to get Jeremiah Wusu-Koromo. Is there something about the second round that makes it easy to maneuver up and down, what you've done in your two years? You know, I wouldn't say that there's anything specific to the second round. We just try and take advantage of opportunities as they present themselves to us uh, over draft weekend. So um, that could really be any round of the draft. 
have you guys upgraded the simulation protocol? Because I was told last year we went through a million simulations, and yet none of them produce reality, which is great news in Jeremiah Uzu Kormo. So have we upgraded this to account for even those things we consider unfailing? Hey, we will see today. Today is actually uh, our simulation day, um, and uh, I'll be able to have a better answer for you in the press conference after the draft than I do today. Okay. So walk us through that. What, is, what does that actually mean? Yeah, so we spent much of the last week really just talking through strategies at each of the different um, you know pick slots that we have and then today it's it's kind of both um, it's a good kind of draft room operations test room as well as a little bit of like team building with our area scouts in where we run through maybe I don't know exact number we run through a lot of mock draft simulations where some will be scripted um, some will be off the cuff some will be randomized so that you know with the group that's in the draft room or operating in the draft room um, it forces us to react to you know different situations as they arise whether it's um, a fortunate situation at the time that we're picking it 44 or 78 or 99 or wherever that may be or an unfortunate situation or weighing um, you know trades and it's less about the actual specific sequence of players sure but more about the types of general situations that you're trying to tease out so maybe it's a run on a certain position or maybe it's a um, you know an underpriced trade offer or maybe it's an opportunity to move up or back by a large amount to really kind of tease out those preferences has there been a situation that came up in these simulations in either of the last two drafts that actually then kind of happened and so you were like oh we, we were hoping this happened and then here it is yeah so uh actually several to be to be honest with you so, so that's good yeah yeah yeah, ball. yeah so um you know the, the the situation in 2020 with with grant you know kind of a small move back and we had uh, a number of players that we liked at that spot you know that was one um when we moved back to take jordan elliott and added a future third round pick in that same draft that was another um, and then even uh, you know last year with with Jeremiah, even though you know we weren't considering him as the player that might sure. be the faller, we run through a number of different scenarios where we had a group of players that we thought had some potential to go later than perhaps how we had valued them, um, and we had kind of worked through what we would call small move up pricing that would make us comfortable doing executing such a move. We didn't know it would be for Jeremiah at the time, but it, was, sure. it helped us be prepared on draft day. Because your first pick is slated at 44, do we kind of like sim the first round so we go through that very quickly and then the scenario kind of starts in the second round, or do you go through as you would have last year when you did have a pick in the first no, round? No, I mean, we go through pretty quickly if, um, you know, if we're not, you know, it's not like we're going to spend a 20 minutes going through the through the sure. top 10. And there, there may be, um, you know, call it 15 players where you have pretty good indication that they're going to go well before your pick. So you may start the draft at, you know, 15 or 20 or, or 25, something along those lines, um, you know, just to save time. All right. This is something I always find fascinating because I think people, you know, you look at seven rounds and 30-plus picks per round and the fact that, you know, 200-plus players are going to get drafted, that everybody's got 200-plus players on their draft mm -hmm. board. And I always think it's interesting how many people are actually on the draft board. So, Ballpark? Can you ballpark for us? How many guys are actually on the draft? Yeah, it's it's usually anywhere from one one hundred to one twenty five for us. Okay. Um, and I think part of it is just because the draft board, particularly once you get to the third round across the league, it diverges pretty you know pretty significantly. Because usually at that point in the draft, you're talking about guys that may profile as role players or backups or developmental prospects, um, and that might be a little bit more organizational or or scheme specific. Um, you know, based on the, the traits that you may prioritize. 
How important is it, you mentioned kind of those late day three guys, we'll call them. How important is it to find people that can help your organization in those rounds? And I'll talk Donovan Peoples-Jones, the sixth-rounders contributed, Demetri Felton last year, Nick Harris, a fifth-rounder, now looking like your starting center. Given the way salaries work, the salary cap, to be able to have some of that, what I would call very well-priced labor for yeah. the organization. Yeah, you know, any any time that you can find a contributor on a rookie deal, it it helps out your team from a talent standpoint and it helps out uh, your team from a long-term planning perspective um, because of the positive impact that it has on the salary cap. So those guys are key. They don't necessarily have to be stars or starters for sure. them to provide value, but um, those picks are very, very important. I want to ask you, you're talking about some of the exercises you guys do, and, and uh, Depot shared this with us last year. Was it at what some point? I don't know if you've done this yet again this year, or if you're going to do it again this year. But and I may not have it exactly right, but that you would go around and it'd be everybody on the draft board. Take give me somebody that you would absolutely pound the table for. You'd have to have, and somebody's on the board that you personally are like, that's not my guy. Mm-hmm. And that when you went around, basically everybody a lot. There was a lot of similarity on guys that were liked, but then also guys that people didn't like to kind of show that at the end of the day, the only person. And I think what he said the line was the only person in here that's going to draft somebody that they're not a hundred percent against is you. Mm-hmm. Was that a cool exercise and just kind of eye-opening to see that how many great football minds can see and probably why the draft's so hard, right, because so many people can see things so differently? You know, honestly, it's a little bit of an illustration. Um, so what we did with that information, we said, okay, if we had to build a draft board where it was only players that had received, you know, call it multiple votes as, hey, one of the players that people would be most excited to acquire okay. and multiple votes where um, least excited to acquire. If we eliminated those... And it would be like a draft board of 24 players, something along those lines. So it's a little bit more of an example to say, hey, the draft is hard and diverges pretty quickly. Like, take as much input as possible. But, you know, there are going to be guys that, you know, even internally people are more enthusiastic about or less enthusiastic about when you take them. And that's not a function of of not listening or whatever, but just the player pool of, like, true quote-unquote consensus players is very small, um, not only across the NFL but even within buildings. When you get to that, that true, let's call it those 24, are they typically first-rounders, or does it sometimes surprise that, like, they can be guys that are middle-round guys? No, they're, us- they're usually the high picks. Okay. That's, that's, that's typically how it goes. <laughs> that makes it a little picks. easier, yeah, right? Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. Right, if there were no ones, you would be, <laughs> right. going, you would be going early. Mm-hmm. What do you do on Thursday night? How do you, how do you approach thir- a Thursday night? And I, I've, some of the other GMs who do, because this is a unique draft. Right? I think there are eight teams with multiple first-round picks, seven that don't have mm-hmm. both highest in NFL history. You know, and I think in Miami, you guys said, we're just going to watch Tyreek Hill highlights. What are you going <laughs> to do kind of during the first round? How do you approach that knowing that you don't have a pick and that it would be not difficult, not impossible, but challenging probably to figure out a way to get into the first round if you're so inclined. I mean, you, re- you really still you really still monitor. So, number one, you'll s- still spend time with your your scouts and your staff, and um, and certainly watch the draft. And um, you know, some things do become actionable. Certainly, like you know, later in the round. Um, you know, but the other the other thing is, it's not just. Um, you know, picks that move during the draft. You know, sometimes it's players as well. So you really just just really try to be plugged in. Um, you know, unlikely that we'll make a major decision on on Thursday night. Sure. Um, but you know, you can't you can't completely unplug. You can't yeah. roll it out. You can't roll it out. How often does the phone ring, or do you make calls? Just we'll take it on a, on a day two. We'll call it a Friday. In the draft, like in, in some people think it's frantic. Oh, call the trade. Let's do this. Do that. What's it actually like? So it's usually pretty calm until maybe five to seven slots before, before you, pick, you yeah before you pick. Um, I would say honestly, as a matter of uh, you know practice, 
either taking a call or making a call probably like every pick um, through maybe like your through the fourth round. Like okay. I, as I think back to drafts, there probably hasn't been a pick in the first three rounds. Um, you know where we haven't even where we haven't taken a call or, or made a call. So it, it's the trade activity is usually pretty frequent. That's not always the case, but you know within the top four rounds, usually there's a fair amount of activity. Whenever the phone rings, you kind of get a little jolt of excitement, like oh man, what could be what could be coming right here? <laughs> it kind of becomes par from the course at this point. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and is it usually a quick no? Like yeah, thanks. No, uh, no, you'd be surprised. Like okay. you, yeah, you'd be surprised because part of it is you're trying to play out a number of different scenarios based on how the next several picks may fall. Um, but again, that's why we try and sort through as much of that as possible last week, today, um, so you have a framework in place so you're not really emotional during that time and you're organized. We know you've been doing salary caps since you, you, as a young man, which I know that you love this, but were you also doing drafts back then? I mean, I used to do Stratomatic with my dad. We would break up the whole NFL. We would draft the guys back out. Is that something that you always did as a young man as well? Uh, something, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, you probably have to ask my parents for that one, but I don't, that's not anything I remember really doing. All right, what are you most looking forward to over the next three days? Um, you know, really probably just having everybody in who's worked so hard over the past, you know, 14 or 15 months. You know, I, you know, I feel like we've done a lot of really good work and we're certainly excited about adding good players, but it's one of the few times aside from camp, you know, veteran mini camp as well, that, um, you know, that we really get to spend time together. And so it's, it's just, it's kind of a great, um, great point in the year because so many people have made so many sacrifices to make the weekend successful. And I'll go back to where I started talking about those area scouts, and you mentioned also that there's a lot of undrafted free agent work. And I think everybody knows the draft, but the undrafted portion can end up with a guy like A.J. Green, who's been very good for us. That's kind of a recruitment period. I know it's something you're very excited about. What is it about that period? Because people say, well, they didn't even get drafted. But sometimes there's reasons for that, and, and you end up getting really good players there. That's kind of the draft after the draft. What do you love about that? I think it's it's similar to how you operate in the late rounds because you realize that, you know, the probability would say that, you know, the overwhelming majority, you know, probably won't work out over the long over a long period of time. Um, you know, some may not make it out of camp, some may make it on the practice squad and then maybe fizzle out a little bit. But the reality is the impact of even just one guy, you know, making it over a multi year period and the impact that could have on your team from a performance and salary cap perspective, you know, really kind of makes it worthwhile. It is a little bit of like kind of finding a needle in a haystack, sure. so to speak. But, um, you know, if you have a strong CFA class, it's it's something that can, can really help you over the long term, again, even if they're not necessarily stars on your team. A.B., always a pleasure. Yeah. Excited to see what you're going to do here over the next few days. And as always, happy that you're the one leading this organization to put that best roster on the field and, and get ready for the 2022 season. Appreciate you for having me, Nate. All right, that's the Browns general manager, Andrew Barry. You're listening to the Draft Preview Show presented by Bud Light all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Draft Preview Show, presented by Bud Light. Go to BudLight.com slash Perfect Draft for your chance to win $15 million if you can predict the perfect first round. This is the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here again, Kim Carmen and Nathan Zagura. Tonight's show presented by Bud Light. Go to BudLight.com slash Perfect Draft for your chance to win $15 million million dollars if you can correctly predict the entire 
first round of this year's NFL draft. That's a lot of cash. That's a lot of catch. Yes, you will have earned it if you can go yes, 32 you will for have. 32. No one can tell you didn't just win it. You earned it, my That's friend. Right. Let's go to the hotline and welcome in one of the finest. And if you can see us right now on the YouTube channel, which you can, folks, I'm doing that workout. So this is what they call the, This is what they call the beast. You have to do one of those Joe Thomas workouts to pick this thing up. Like that's how big this yes. this this thing is. This is called the Beast, and it's by Dane Brugler. He does this annually, and this is just a fountain of information. Nearly three hundred pages. Yes, then. Dane Brugler joins us on the show right now. Dane, good evening, friend. Happy draft week, guys. How are you? It's the same to you, Dane. Tell us where we can find the Beast. Where can people find the Beast? Real quick. Go ahead. All you need all you need to do is be an athletic subscriber. That's and it. it's included as part of your subscription. So hopefully people uh go check it out and if you like the draft at all, you will not be disappointed. You get all this look I mean, if you guys you will, can see this on the YouTube channel, this is just outstanding. This whole You will know everything document. about everybody who is drafted. And you will literally know everything about them. And this isn't like this isn't like my master thesis where I used a very generous font to hit the page limit. This is a very tiny font. This is three hundred pages a master's of a very Oh yeah, sure, sure. How yeah. long was it? Like it'll be like two hundred pages, something like that. <laughs> I hear I hear some courier new though, no big deal. Dane, the longest paper I ever wrote, twenty six pages, University of Akron. Right. Akron Advantage, Luis Puenza. Yeah, well, I didn't need you to say nice. I was just saying, just for my own personal <laughs> I like Dane's a positive guy. He is. All right, Dane, it's a weird draft. Uh, it's not the star-studded event of draft drafts past of, of the quarterback situation. Uh, there's been several people that are like, hey, you know, there's a lot of guys moving up over the last few months. So, you know, let's just start there. It's, it's the most popular one, and then we're going to get right to the Browns here. How do you think this quarterback class shakes out in this first round? It's really tough, and you know, you talk to people around the league, and they all kind of say the same thing, like, "Oh, these guys are going to go, they're going to go," and then it's like, "Okay, well, where do you think they're going to go?" And it's, oh, I, I'm not sure. You know, it's it, it, that's why it's tough, is because no one has a great feel. When's that first quarterback off the board? When's that run start? Uh, I, I don't think a quarterback goes six to Carolina. Uh, would Seattle at nine be tempted? Uh, is it possible the first quarterback doesn't come off the board until 20 in the Steelers? And, you know, would the Steelers be uh, tempted to move up a little bit to get their guy? So, I mean, if I'm doing a mock draft right now, good chance I don't have a quarterback in the first 19 picks uh, until Kenny Pickett at number 20. So it's really going to be interesting. Last year, we we knew quarterbacks were going one, two, three. We knew Justin Fields was going to go somewhere top 12, and we knew Mac Jones likely somewhere top 15. This year, we have no clue on any of these quarterbacks, how they're going to fall, and it makes it really tough to forecast uh, the first round uh, with any position in any team. So it's just going to be a really fun first round Thursday night. So real quick, you got Kenny Pickett going number 20 to Pittsburgh, huh? If you ask me right now, I mean, maybe I could change my mind in 20 minutes. But right now, that that's that's what I would that's what I would say. And I think that Pickett is their top quarterback as we. Uh, enter draft week, but you know if, if there's a chance Pickett could go ahead of him, uh, ahead of where the Steelers are picking, um, and you know there's there's always a chance that uh, they'd go with a different quarterback. But based off of what I was been told, based on what other teams think, they think there's a good chance that uh, Pickett is a top guy for for the Steelers, and he could be there at 20. Hate to dislike him as a fan because I like both he and Malik Willis. I love Malik Willis's attitude, and it'd be like, yeah. well, if they went there, obviously I can't be a fan of it. Let's talk about the Browns. And pick 44 here, Nathan, you had some interesting things to say. You thought 98% it could go defensive end, uh, an edge rusher, if you will. 
or also a wide receiver. Yeah, one of those two. Dane, you got the same thing there. Do you think that? I, yeah, that makes the most sense. I, I think that, uh, it, it, you know, you want to get somebody that's going to make an impact in those two positions, whether you're creating disruption off the edge or you're helping score points at receiver. I mean, that, that's that's ideally what you're looking for. And I think a big part of it will depend on who's there, obviously, uh, in terms of which position they go after. Uh, how many wide receivers are off the board in the first 40 picks? How many edge rushers? I, that, that'll probably be the two most drafted positions in the first 40 picks this year, I, I'd say without a doubt. And so who's left out of those two positions, and who, who do the Browns have ranked higher? And would the Browns be tempted to maybe use one of those third-rounders, go up five, six, seven spots in the second round, just to ensure that they get their guy. Because, again, we're going to see a run. And then once everybody goes home uh, Thursday night and uh, on Friday uh, when it kind of reset things, uh, you know, the Browns might be tempted a little bit to move up just to get their guy. And uh, for the right player, I, I think it makes some sense. Talk with Dane Brugler, the draft expert at The Athletic. Get his beast. It is absolutely must-have while you're watching the draft. See who the Browns draft. Learn everything possible there is to know about them immediately it's all right here for you let's talk receivers let's talk edge 44 and dane it feels like uh we'll start with a guy i know we've talked a little bit about george pickens at receiver if he was a guy maybe Mm -hmm. there at 44 talent is there coming out the injury but you're hearing a lot of stuff come out that maturity issues maybe not the most coachable guy what are you kind of hearing with pickens and how does this all kind of work out with where he's going to go and and what kind of environment you would need to have to draft him Immaturity definitely is something that came up multiple times when I was doing research on him, both on and off the field. Um, it, it's something that uh, he's a young player, uh, just turned 21 years old, and he, he acts like a young player. And that's something that teams ought to take into account. Um, and that's, that's part of the reason why there's, I think, a decent chance Pickens will still be available um, at, at pick 44. And so Browns have to do their due diligence if they're going to have Pickens on their draft board in terms of uh, is he a guy that you want bringing brought to your uh, locker room? Uh, do you have the, the veterans in your wide receiver room that you feel comfortable uh, bringing a young guy in there and someone that you know you think you can develop? Um, and you know, once the coaches get involved, what are their thoughts? And so you know, there's a lot going on with a player like this who has talent, no doubt about it. He has wide receiver one potential. Uh, you know, a guy that's 6'3", 200 pounds, graceful athlete, outstanding 50-50 skills. Um, but, you know, that's not the whole story. There, there's, it's, a, it's a complicated prospect who uh, has a little bit of boomer bust to him. When you look at this draft in the edge rushers, and two things, 44, who are some names to pay attention to? And then how do you think it factors in Brown specifically, knowing what you know about Andrew Barry, that, for example, in your top 10 edge rushers, Jermaine Johnson, 23.31 in terms of age. Boye Mafe, 23.41. Dominique Robinson, 23.82. And I skipped over uh, Ebikati, Arnold Ebikati from Penn State, 23.26. Are those guys that, while they may be very talented, do you think they're likely maybe not on a Browns board at that age because of COVID and some guys who, you know, have stayed in the college a little bit longer than perhaps we're seeing these redshirt seniors? I, I think so. I mean, it, it's in the past, it's been mostly first-rounders, but I think that extends to, to second round, too. They, they want younger players. This is a, a regime and a franchise that truly believes age matters when it comes to the draft. And 
you know, that's uh, it, it, it's debatable. I mean, it's something that, um, you know, we, we could certainly have a conversation about, but it, there's so many layers involved. Uh, but I, I think it's, it's something that it doesn't matter what we think. I think it's something this team really believes in. And so if an Arnold Epichetti comes off the board at 38, there might be some Browns fans, oh, we just missed him. But he probably maybe is not a guy that they're really considering because of that age. That's just a factor. And so I tell you, one of the interesting players that I'll be watching for is George Karloftis out of Purdue. Uh, you know, he just turned 21 years old. He's young. He's a true junior. Um, there's a chance he could still be around in the second round. I don't know that he makes the 44, but if he were to make it to 33, 34, 35, is that someone the Browns would be eager to go get? He's a fun player, but a lot of I know some teams believe he's just kind of hit that ceiling of who he is. Uh, he, he's not a, a guy that you uh, see a tremendous upside in, but it, it, you have a good feel for what you're going to get with that motor, with his hand skills, uh, that initial burst off uh, off the edge. So. Carl Loftus is one of those edge players that could creep into the second round and, and make you think about possibly moving up. And then, you know, we've talked about it before, but Logan Hall from Houston, who, uh, I, you know, I it, it's split around the league in terms of is he a pass rusher on the edge? Is he more of a three technique? Um, I, I think regardless that inside out, out versatility is something that will appeal to this team. Uh, just turned 22 years old, uh, young for even a true senior, uh, and a guy that's still growing, still developing. There's there's upside there. Six six, 285 pounds. You feel good about who he is now, but also what he's going to develop into as he gets more coaching and he de- continues to develop his game. It is the beast. All you have to be is an athletic subscriber to go ahead and get it. It is the best that you're going to find. That's right. When it comes to any year of the draft, and especially 2022, it's no different. Dane, we thank you very much for the time. We'll talk to you later this week, my friend. Uh, Looking forward to it. Thanks, gentlemen. The great Dane Brugler, at DP Brugler on Twitter from The Athletic. Legend. The author of The Beast, which you can see right here on the YouTube feed. Coming up next, Nathan and I, we go around the league. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Draft Preview Show. Presented by our friends at Bud Light on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Draft Preview Show. Presented by Bud Light. Go to BudLight.com slash Perfect Draft for your chance to win $15 million. If you can predict the perfect first round. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here again, Ken Carmen and Nathan Zagura. Begins on Thursday night at 8 p.m. Myself, Nathan Zagura, and Gerard Cherry will be with us for night one of the NFL Draft. Also night two, Friday night, 7 p.m. to midnight. Yes, that's right, to midnight. Just the two of us. Just the two of us, my and friend. And maybe some, some special. Some special guests. Oh, what the, the YouTube folks can see you. That's right. They know that yeah, was, a, they, that was they a, know. Pay attention they to the know. scores. You got to pay attention to that. <laughs> hey, day three, Saturday, twelve to three. Nathan and Gerard. Next Monday, May second, we have ourselves the Browns draft review show. Oh baby, that'll be with you at seven o'clock next Monday. All right, time to go around the league. Fact or fiction? The Browns will make every one of their seven picks. Fiction. They're going to move around at some point. So, like, I interpret that to mean they're going to make all seven picks as they are. No. I think they could draft seven guys. They could draft eight guys. I think they're going to try to get some picks back in the future drafts as well. I interpret it as that they will make seven picks. And I'm like, nah. Well, I don't know. They could. I mean, if it were my, yeah, because I'm thinking about it now. I'm going to second guess myself because if I'm thinking about it now, I'm going, well, you know, the draft, it's, you can always kick it down, kick the can down the road. Well, I think, I mean, your first pick's a pick 44. You're probably going to make that or, you know, whatever, move around and still make that second round pick. 
but no, I think a lot of other teams might have the same idea. So you might be stuck where you have to make those picks. We'll see how that one goes. Well, the two you have you have the two hundred two and the six two twenty three yes. two forty six. I could see those being moved. If they really like this undrafted free agent class and feel like they've done a good job and they're well positioned to recruit some of the top undrafted free agents, yeah. I could see them trying to kick some of those picks into the future to get pick up a fifth or a fourth in a in a future draft. You can move compensatory picks. You can trade any pick. Okay, I just want to make sure because there was uh, some questions before about whether or not you can move compensatory picks. Uh, fact or fiction? No QBs will be taken in the top ten. I think that's fiction. I just think it's the position. Someone's going to do, do something. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you. Well, that's not as much fun agreeing yeah. with each other. Sad. All right, who will be the first wide receiver taken in the draft? I would have said Garrett Wilson, but it just feels like Jamison Williams is going first. Ooh, I thought you were going to say Drake London because I was like, oh, my, I, th- I got a weird sneaking suspicion it might be Drake London. I, I could People see that. People in love with that. I guy. think it will be one of those three, and I don't think there's anybody else in the discussion. Uh, I agree with you there. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Drake London. Then I'm gonna say Garrett Wilson. Then I'm gonna say Jamison Williams. Okay. Boy, that kid can fly, can he? I saw some th- video of him on NFL Network. I said video like I was like oh, I got sense. You got a no, VHS. You popped it into your VHS machine. I was watching, I was watching yeah, I was NFL Network during the show today, and I'm just like I forgot just how fast he was. We turned that corner and went top speed. That Gone. Kid can certainly fly. I know he got hurt, but he can certainly Gone. fly. Uh, fact or fiction, there will be a big trade this weekend involving either D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuel, or Kyler Murray. That blow the lid off the draft. I'm going to say fact, but I'm going to hit you with a hot take. I think that the Philadelphia Eagles, and it may not happen, but I think it will come out that the Eagles are going to do everything they can to land either Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson by the end of this draft. What Who I think. do you know? I don't know anybody in that regard. Yeah, you know something. I don't know you anything don't just about say that. Say those things. Well, listen, they haven't come to agreement on the extension, right? So, like every day that goes by, and they have to be honest with themselves. I do think there's some evaluation that needs to happen in the AFC when you've got Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Russ, Deshaun Watson, Burrow. Does Lamar Jackson can he make a playoff run against quarterbacks like that when it, you feel like their offense has to play a very particular style of football? They're telling me to break. You know something. You're I talking, know you've been talking to somebody. I'm not talking to anybody. Yeah, you spoke to somebody. No. All right, that was the end of it. That's the end of Around the League. There you go. Oh, I can't wait for the draft now. The out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, nothing. Uh, just a hunch the Eagles might go after Kyler Murray, of all people. Oh, okay. Yeah, just a hunch. So or Lamar Jackson. Or Lamar Jackson. That's just because it's the way they operate. Just woke up they this have two ones in way, this huh? draft, two ones in the next draft, and Howie Roseman is quarterback aggressive. It makes sense. And if you're going to make a move, make a move in the NFC because the top two quarterbacks there might not be around for that long. Just woke up that way and felt that way, huh? Amazing. Have I not been saying this for Amazing a while? Amazing the intuition that he has. Oh, see, I didn't hear him before. Have I been saying this for a while? I'm sorry, Gibby. Thank you. I didn't realize that. Okay. You woke, okay, you woke up three months ago and just felt that way, That's huh? right. All right, coming up next, we preview what's coming up during the NFL draft. That's right, it's Thursday, live from Las Vegas, and we will have your coverage right here. It is the Cleveland Browns Draft Preview Show, presented by our friends at Bud Light on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Draft Preview Show, presented by Bud Light. Go to BudLight.com slash perfect draft for your chance to win $15 million if you can predict the perfect first round. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here again, Ken Carmen and Nathan Zagura.
It all starts Thursday night, 8 p.m., and we go till midnight because it's the first round of the NFL draft. Myself, Nathan Zagura, Gerard Cherry will be on with us. There could be so many different surprises. Oh, so, I apologize to Nathan. I did not know you brought up that theory a couple months ago. I've been saying it for I a while. Apologize. I just that think a- everything feels very odd there, and the, the Eagles are a team that they are – Quarterback aggressive always. It just makes a lot of I'll sense. I'll credit you. I'm talking about that tomorrow on the fan. Go I ahead. just want to. I want to bandy about that because bandy about it. I hey, see what people think about it. I think Lamar has a world of talent. I think He's they a got stud. Snake, I was the MVP of the league. They got snake bitten by injury. I'm not a big a fan as big a fan of Kyler Murray as a lot of other people are. I'm with you on that. Really? Yeah. Okay, because for a second I thought you were going to oh, surely you jest, and I no. no. All right, I'm fair with it me. It feels on like that there's one. a little baggage that would come with him. Can be a little petulant, maybe very but then, talented, but it also. His second halves are just never as good as first halves. Now, that may be on Cliff, but that may be I on mean, Kyler. I don't know. He's, I mean, he, you can't stay in the pocket, and you get halfway through the season, and attrition starts to take over. It's That's been right. the last two years. Guess what? Not our problem. Nope, not our problem. But what it will be, well, no. Night one, not our problem. At least not yet, because we don't have a draft pick, because well, we already made a big yeah. trade. But Tuesday or Friday night, night two. 7 p.m. to midnight, myself, Nathan Zagura, pick 44. Will it still be at 44? Will they trade up? You're going to have to find out. You're going to have to listen to live draft coverage That's all right. throughout the weekend, folks. Saturday. Only place you can find out right here on the radio. Three. It's right here, noon to 3, Nathan and Gerard, and then we'll have the, Bra- the Browns draft review show coming up next Monday, May 2nd. We'll go over all the picks, all the machinations, and see just how much better the Browns got. If it's Andrew Barry in charge, and it is, I bet the Browns got even better. A big thanks to everybody. Jason Gibbs, our executive producer, Andy Roth, our technical producers, Meredith Kane and Earl Molden. For Nathan Skur, I'm Ken Carmen. Thanking you for listening to the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Cleveland Browns Draft Preview Show, presented by Bud Light. Go to BudLight.com slash Perfect Draft for your chance to win $15 million if you can predict the perfect first round. The preceding program was a production of the Cleveland Browns and part of the Browns Media Network. Live draft coverage starts Thursday night at 8 on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.